Charlie Kirk, the founder and executive director of Turning Point USA, national student movement dedicated to identifying, organizing, and empowering young people to promote the principles of free markets and limited government. Charlie, I was up in uh, Chicago a couple of weeks ago, and there was uh, I gave a speech, and I think there was a table of maybe 15 or 20 of the, uh, the people that are in Turning Point. And uh, I asked one of my guys, I said, go, go grab those guys and, and uh, tell them to wait for a minute. And after the program, I spent like 20 minutes with them. They are, were really bright, uh, uh, really passionate, um, great representation uh, of your group and what you guys stand for. I was really impressed with them. Well, thank you so much, Glenn. I really appreciate that. And you gave a great speech from all accounts. So, and, and thank you. You were speaking against socialism, which is something that uh, we're fighting every single day on high school and college campuses. Yeah, but you're. But but I found out now that really all you are is a front for white white supremacy. So, which is which is such a which is such a. I, honestly, it's an insulting accusation. So, at Turning Point USA, we're on fourteen hundred high school and college campuses across the country. And we recently did an event at University of Nevada, Reno, where the whole effort of the radical students with the help of the administration was to try to paint me and our organization as a white supremacist group. So first of all, this cheapens real racism. Every time I encounter any form of ethno-nationalism, I repudiate it, I reject it. But secondly, it also just shows the misinformation, because if there is any organization that has done more than uh, most conservative organizations to try to diversify at the reach of uh, the conservative movement, it would be Turning Point USA. Yeah, well, I mean, let's not talk about your Black Leadership Summit. Uh, but but other than that, what what have you done? Right. Well, um, you know, the name Candace Owens might ring a bell for a lot of people. She mm. got her uh, start uh, kind of visibly politically through Turning Point USA a year and a half ago. Our current spokesman is a young man by the name of Rob Smith who is uh, African-American and black American. But all those things, you know, put aside. The, and I really had these conversations with these radical leftists on campus. And I realized no matter how much I denounce or reject racism, that's not what they want. They want me to stop being conservative. That's what it's really all about. Well, Charlie, yeah, it I mean, I, I, I think you're making a, a decent point here, but you are one K away from being the Klan. You have two Ks already in your last name. You realize <laughs> well, that, don't you? Well, that would make me a Democrat. Because <laughs> the Democrats are the party of the KKK. And interestingly enough, I tell people, you know, they try to misrepresent President Trump and his movement as being, you know, one that is rooted in racism and hatred and bigotry. However, it's the it's the most fringe elements of the left that are the ones that are not being expelled from mainstream, you know, the mainstream Democrat Party. One thing that we as conservatives pride ourselves on is we expel the demons within our own ranks. The left does no such thing. In fact, they embrace them. So Antifa does not get um, does not get excommunicated from the ranks of the Democrat Party or from the left uh, at all. In fact, they get embraced and they get protected when Antifa goes and slams Trump supporters outside of Minneapolis or in the streets of Portland when they attacked Andy No, um, you know, an Asian-American gay journalist. No one gets arrested. However, we as conservatives, we go out of our way to say what we believe in and why we believe in it, and we excommunicate anyone that might, might dare to be on the fringes. And it's disappointing that a sitting U.S. senator and once a leading contender for the presidency, I don't think she's in the top-tier candidates any longer, but she's in the top five or six, goes out of her way to attack a conservative student organization 
that stands for the principles of e pluribus unum, which, of course, is the Latin phrase out of many one, free enterprise and liberty. It also goes to show that we are making a significant difference on these campuses. The left gets very troubled when we as conservatives actually play offense and we go to places that they have always previously dominated. So, Charlie, give me some good news on what's happening. I, I you know, when I was talking to your guys uh, in Chicago, one really struck me, and I spent a few minutes with him uh, by himself afterwards. Uh, he came up and he he shook my hand afterwards and said, thank you, you know, your support really means a lot. And his eyes teared up. And he said, I have been uh, targeted by my school and I had to go into a special class uh, and I have been ostracized because... I am a conservative. And he said, no one is standing up. He said, and he was really a kind guy. And he said, I just really want to give up at times because it's just so hard. I just am so alone. Give me yeah, some good so, news on what's happening. I will. And so I find that the campus radicals are decreasing in size, but they're increasing in volume. So they get a lot of attention. And really an unwarranted amount of attention, such as Senator Kamala Harris attacking our organization. But they're not increasing their ranks. And I have evidence for this, Glenn. So the reason why Senator Harris is so upset at Turning Point USA is that she spoke at University of Nevada Arena two weeks before we did at Turning Point USA. She had a measly 300 students show up to her event. We had standing room only, well over 1,000 students, and we had to add more chairs in the back of the room, overflow crowd. So a, a... once leading contender for the United States presidency and sitting U.S. senator from a neighboring state can only draw a couple hundred students at a very liberal campus, and we're packing up auditoriums with overflows amounts of students. I'll give you another piece of optimism, is that students, I'm being met more with curiosity than combativeness. There is a growing trend on these campuses where students want at least to hear another opinion. Our biggest issue as conservatives is that we don't get enough people to hear the truth that that we espouse. It's not even a matter of it's not even a matter of that we need to do a better job of marketing or messaging. At times I believe we do. I think actually thanks to digital and social media we're doing a better and better job of that. Oh yeah. When I you know I sent you a message of how terrific your Ukraine video was. I can't tell you how many students sent that to me and complimented you and said now I have more clarity on this very complex issue. And so we're getting better and better as a movement, you know, around that. However, it's a matter of distribution. It's a matter of reaching students because when we actually reach students, we find that they get uh, convicted and they get converted towards our side. And so uh, it's an issue that where students are much more curious than they are combative. And that should be a call to action to all your listeners that we need to spread our message, you know, to more campuses and more students all across the country. So do you see any besides uh, uh, besides Bernie Sanders on campuses? Do you see anybody? that is really rallying around any of these candidates? Is there a, a Barack Obama in the in the the mix here that we're missing? Because they all just seem crazy radical that don't don't appear to be anybody that can connect with anyone. Hard to disagree with that. The two candidates that I that I've been talking about for months and people thought I was a little uh, little on the fringe when I said this, but I, I said Senator Elizabeth Warren and Pete Buttigieg. I've been saying that since May. Mm-hmm. And each each of them kind of catered to a different type of college audience. And Senator Warren, she's a college professor. You know, she, she is the Woodrow Wilson of this generation. 
who was, of course, a former Big college president time. at Princeton University. And she she wants to become the philosopher king of America. I'm sorry, philosopher queen of America. And I even wrote a piece about this where she she believes that if you give her enough power, she can fix society's ills. Just another committee, just another bureaucracy, just another couple pieces of legislation that erode freedom and liberty. Charlie, how old are you? How, how old are you? Just, um, I just turned 26. I want to thank you so much for knowing who Woodrow Wilson is. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I, thank lear- you. I learned I learned about him from you and your great books. <laughs> crazy. My teenagers. Yeah. Um, and then finally, of course, Pete Buttigieg, who is a little bit more of the, the students that think that America is too divided. Pete Buttigieg is a much more effective Alinskyite than Senator Warren. Pete Buttigieg pretends to be something that he isn't. You notice that he takes a stand against massive gun confiscation or attacking people's uh, religious liberties. Mm-hmm. He is exactly the same philosophically as Senator Elizabeth Warren. He just pretends to be someone he isn't a lot better because he's had to in the rust belt of the country. And I say that Senator Elizabeth Warren is very popular in the coffee room, uh, the coffee club in Harvard or the wine club in Beverly Hills or the or the whiskey bar in Washington, D.C. But you have to be able to resonate at the deep you know, the deep fryer, the deep chicken fryer in Des Moines. And I don't know if Senator Warren can do that as well as someone such as, you know, a Midwestern candidate as Pete Buttigieg. However, I think there is limitations on his mm-hmm. appeal with older audiences. So those are the two candidates that have a lot of appeal on campuses. Senator Sanders has far less grassroots support this time around than he did last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I And I do tell people, though, that if Senator Warren um, it does become the nominee, do not discount her at face value. Uh, you know, she, there's far more socialists in this country than I think we realize. We have to take her just as seriously oh. as any other candidate. And oh, I, I, I actually find, Glenn, very quickly that people think it's going to be an automatic victory if it's a Senator Elizabeth Warren in the conservative movement. Mm-mm. I do not agree with that. And I think she'll actually be a lot more be a lot more difficult than people realize. Charlie, you have Glenn coming down to a conference soon in Florida. Is that right? We do. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that. We're so excited to have Glenn come down to our largest and the largest conservative student event ever in the history of the country. Uh, so wow. it's called our Student Action Summit. Uh, the website is tpusa.com slash SAS. It's in Palm Beach, December uh, 19th through the 21st. And Glenn is uh, one of our keynotes, and we're so excited. We actually might bring out a chalkboard so that Glenn can explain how all this you know, left-wing indoctrination and propaganda began. But these are the frontline student activists. These are the high school and college kids that are taking a beating every day. And you heard it firsthand, Glenn, of our grassroots warriors yeah. in, um, in Chicago. I have, a, I have a barn burner for you. I have a <laughs> barn burner for you that uh, we, I think will, will really uh, empower a lot of people that are, that are coming. And, and Charlie, I think we, you know, listening to Glenn say the, the term barn burner makes me wonder, have you ever had anyone as old as Glenn <laughs> at one of these conferences? Are you concerned... That they might not even. Well, no, thank you. Well, so we, it's, Glenn is young in spirit, right? <laughs> oh, wow, I'm starting to be talked about like this now. Holy cow! All right, Charlie, thank you so much, uh, thank you so much and for thank you for what you guys are doing. And hats off, sincerely. I, I was kind of alone for a long time, saying, "Don't disregard the millennials." There, there are a lot of millennials that are not like the ones that are getting these bad names, and you are showing them. and And I, I love watching your videos because I see these giant crowds 
that you are talking to and, and, and people that, that your organization is talking to and you're reaching people, and that is critical if we're going to keep a republic. Thank you so much, Charlie. Thank you, Glenn. You I bet. appreciate it. Thank you. Welcome to it. Glad you're here. I don't know why he's so worried about Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. I mean, I don't, I don't see anything destructive coming from those campaigns at all. I mean, I, you know, yes, there's this new report that Bernie Sanders uh, announced proposals will now run $97.5 trillion over a decade. Yeah, but but just the ninety seven point five trillion. It's not a hundred trillion, right? You know, I mean that would be crazy. hundred tr- trillion. That's too much. That's too much. Too much. Ninety seven point five. We're trillion We're the is richest just right. country in the world. The porridge is the right temperature, is it not? <laughs> it's not too hot. It's not too cold. It's just ninety seven point five trillion dollars. And mean, Bernie setting records. And I have news for you: if Bernie becomes president. He's going to come up with some new ideas for new programs, too. Yeah. It's not just the ones he's announcing now. Mm-hmm. He's going to get all those, and he's going to get even more, because he'll come up with some new idea that we have to solve. Um, well, we- if we do it right, we can come up with things like Bernie Care, and then after three years, it won't be working, and so they'll have to come up with something even more expensive. Yes, of course. Know, so I, yeah. that's great. Because we, went, we already great. tried the Obamacare thing, which was supposed to be the solution, and now is the enemy. Progressivism and socialism, the gift that just keeps on taking. Yeah, and I think Charlie brought up a great point there when he was talking about uh, the approach of these candidates, because a lot of times people will say, well, he's the moderate. You know, he, the, the, she's the moderate. There are no moderates up there. There's not one moderate on the stage. Okay. No. There's not one. And so even Tulsi Gabbard, some people on the, the conservatives will say, Tulsi Gabbard, she's moderate. No, no, she's not. You might agree with her, some of her policies. Oh, no. But she's, some of the other policies that she has are whack job. I think people like Gabbard because, number one, she doesn't see, hate America. She doesn't hate America. She seems like a serious person. She's not just blurting out, um, you mm-hmm. know, bumper stickers. Mm-hmm. She doesn't reflexively just hate on Trump all the time. She agrees with him on things like the Syria pullout and, and, and stuff like that. So there's some alignment with, uh, with some principles on the mm-hmm. right as well. And she's kind of, she breaks the mold a little bit. Andrew Yang, kind of the same way. Um, you know, they're, they're definitely different profiles of candidates. Like Andrew Yang is a great businessman. I think he would be a great business. He's a great businessman and understands it. I'm not sure that anything that he talks about would work but at least he understands how an economy works yeah and you might not get this from the debates when they're answering in 30 second sound bites but if you listen to andrew yang in long form the guys actually thought these issues out when he talks about universal basic income he understands you know the points that milton friedman brought up about it yeah it's not a it's not a he's not reflexively throwing policies out there he's at least put thought into he's this thoughtful what you like and mm. you look at the difference though between a Buttigieg um warren and sanders they all are proposing largely the same things there you know Buttigieg has a couple of policies where he's a little more restrictive but you that midwestern thing and you've defined this a, a bunch of times with Buttigieg as he said you know he's a gay guy who likes the taste of chick-fil-a chicken right mm-hmm. like he's 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 willing to say that and that's endearing i think to people who don't just want a socialist so he positions himself there Sanders is the only one who actually admits what's going on. He's saying, I am a socialist. I want to go for all these things. Yes, we're raising taxes on the middle class. Yes, yes, yes. And then Warren is completely identical. 
to Sanders policy-wise. Except she doesn't say yes, yes, yes all the time. She avoids all those lines. Mm -hmm. She she won't say she's raising taxes on the middle class. She won't say she's a socialist. If you listen to Elizabeth Warren, she will tell you what she's advocating for is a brand of capitalism, which, of course, it is not. I mean, but that is what she's trying to portray. And the, the Warren side is a little more palatable to the American people than Sanders because at least they're not being, it's not thrown in their face. But Buttigieg is trying to get those same types of policies through by telling you he's the complete opposite. And that might wind up also feeling disingenuous to people. Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, when Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders uh, bow out, that's when you're really going to see, do the Democrats really want a socialist? Do the, more, the majority of them want a socialist? Or are there enough of them out there that just want somebody who at least looks and sounds half normal and sane? And that would be Buttigieg. When Biden drops out, it'll be interesting to see Buttigieg's numbers. Welcome to the program. Glad you're here. This is the Glenn Beck program. We announced uh, yesterday we are going to be doing another special, uh, another chalkboard that I think you're going to love. An update in uh, two weeks from yesterday. So a week from next Wednesday. I think it's October 30th. Uh, you don't want to miss it. Uh, another chalkboard. Make sure that you uh, subscribe to The Blaze and uh, help us. Uh, your subscription helps us do all this research, and uh, we're going to be working really hard in the next 14 days to get this done. I'll be very excited. You can watch that on demand, too, even if you miss it live, mm-hmm. because I won't, I won't be here that day. I'm taking my kids to Disney. Um, I'm going to be on there vacation. No... And, um, and I, you know, I, I don't, you know, care about what you're talking about. But also, um, no, definitely, that's got to be, I've seen the, the research for this one, and it's it's pretty explosive. I'm, I'm excited to see it yeah. all come together here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I know I'm taking my kids to Disney in a couple of weeks. Yeah. What are you doing this weekend? What do you got going on? Anything big? What do you do? You traveling at all this weekend? And any, any flight plans that we need to know about? Where would you say you're going? If you were going somewhere, where would I'm you go? I'm spending going? a weekend with my wife. Your this wife? is oh, my first, great. this is my mm. first weekend that I'm not doing business in like four weeks and my last weekend until Christmas. That's great. So you got to get so, a nice big open weekend. You can pick really anything weekend. you wanted. Mm-hmm. Probably you can mm-hmm. pick anything really cool so, that you wanted yes. to do. Okay, I'm not. You're not going to shame me. You're not going to shame me. Shame you? You're I, not going to shame me because you. That's what you're trying. Because you're do. probably what, going somewhere cool like Vegas or something, right? I am going. To so, Vegas. It's very cool. It's going to be a great weekend in Vegas. Uh-huh. going to be. A, uh-huh. You got lots of stuff uh-huh. you can do uh-huh. there. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. all the entertainment, all the. I'm gaming. seeing Lady Gaga this weekend. Tonight, I'm going to see Lady Gaga, and I'm very excited about it. And you can't wreck it for me. I know everybody makes fun of me for liking Lady Gaga. No, I it's adore told, her. No, it's you. You are. The I think she is a of her fan. No, like I know. She, I'm not. A, I'm mm-hmm. not anxious to be in the crowd because everybody's <laughs> going to be like, "What the hell is he doing here?" But I, I am. I am a huge fan of hers. I think she is, is a uh, genius. Now there, are people who listen to this show, yeah. routinely and maybe for a long time, might not be surprised that you would go to see Lady Gaga. Because, number one, you've got this little artsy side of yours that comes out from time to time. You were ranked the 100th most important man in the world of art. Thank you. Uh, by Thank an art you. magazine. That's Thank actually you. true. Thank you. Um, however, may, may have been sarcastic, but it is D- true. I was also a DJ, a morning DJ, yep. that played pop until, I could, until all pop just was like, I can't take it right. another second. 
But people would be surprised, I think, from the outside to think of Glenn Beck standing in an audience for a Lady Gaga show. Mm-hmm. No, Have you had gonna, interview stick requests out. from yes, the mainstream media on this? I'm, gonna be, like. I'm, I'm going to stick out, uh, I'm sure, on this one. Will we be getting social media coverage of this event? I want to see you. I want. I really want your wife to be covering this, but I want to see you in the audience of this concert and what it looks like, what are the surroundings like. It won't like. be pretty. Is anyone going to be looking at the stage or they'll just be looking at you awkwardly? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure. <laughs> Lady Gaga, because we, we have some f- f- fairly good seats, mm-hmm. she may <laughs> just stop and go, Good lord. <laughs> she make, she might she might she cut might. the concert off. Yeah, she might. She might. I don't know. I don't know. I this is going to be fascinating. I'm still hoping for a chance to uh, go back uh, go backstage. Oh, I'm sure she's yeah. hoping for it too. Yeah. I'm sure she's really pumped up about that one. Yeah. Well, if uh if we find out uh, before I leave, I'm bringing her a gift because I have a gift that would be meaningful to her. You, you are like a psycho fan. Look I at you. am a fan. I brought you. It's my. It's my nail clippings. <laughs> what is it? What? <laughs> what do you mean you're bringing her a special gift? Though, <laughs> what kind of creepy thing is this? No, it's 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 a, it's a piece of something from history that would relate. Right? She would know exactly what it is. I'm not going to tell you. She would know it exactly what it is, this and is she a, would oh my, and, and a, she would be like, oh my gosh. Did she tell you to bring this to her through the TV screen? Yes. Yes. You heard her, right? Nobody else hears that when she's singing and talking. She's singing directly to me, you know. This is going to be interesting. I, I would like I would like to see a meeting between you two. Yeah. Now, my I, wife who works in radio has already interviewed her multiple times. Shut up. Um, really? Yes. Oh, yeah. And she never invited me? Uh, no, she she was actually specifically asked not to. Really? Uh, by the management yeah. uh, of Lady Gaga. Huh. But people don't know that, you know, because I think you look at if you're not into pop music, which I don't really care about at this point in my life, yeah. um, you think of Lady Gaga as like Britney Spears or oh my gosh, it's, oh my gosh, she no. really is like she's like a classically trained musician. Oh, she's brilliant. Uh, yeah. All the she's stunts kind of like hide that I think, but she's yeah. like you know, and, and but then the even acting, her stunts are brilliant. She she she's is a, really good at her craft. You don't have to like her craft, right? But she is really really good at her craft, and uh, uh, you know, I'm not. I'm going to stop gushing about Lady Gaga. No, I think it's good. I think you should continue yeah, no, to go. I, and I, I hope, know I hope very... conservative media sources out there are writing this up. <laughs> Maybe a little coverage on this. You know, you never get any Shut coverage, up. Glenn. I mean, it's, it's, people you don't know, like to talk about and you. And I also... There's <laughs> a little coverage I... on what Glenn Beck's Lady Gaga trip might be like. Yeah. Seems uh, like a, an interesting avenue for uh-huh. a weekend article for uh-huh. media sources uh-huh. around the nation. Uh-huh. I'm just saying. Okay, thank you very much, Stu. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Okay, let me, uh, uh, <laughs> let me, just, uh, let me just go over this story. A Tisbury school. Don't have any idea where Tisbury is, except it's in Oak Bluffs. Don't know where Oak Bluffs is, and I don't know where Tisbury is. But uh, Stephen Nichols, 84, of Tisbury. Massachusetts? Could be. It sounds like does it. does seem to be in Massachusetts. Oak Bluffs. Is that Martha's Vineyard, maybe? Uh, that's a good question. He's uh, 84 years old. Uh, it is Martha's Vineyard. Yes. Okay. He. Well, this is why this story, this story now makes sense. <laughs> okay. This story now makes sense. Okay. Um he had his career, he had a career with the Tisbury police for six decades. He served in the United States Army during the Korean War. He's just had his guns confiscated because he was making threats to the Tisbury school. <laughs> now, he was sitting in a restaurant. Listen to the story. He was sitting in a restaurant, Linda Jean's restaurant in Oak Bluff. And he's sitting there. And he's talking about the guy who is the crossing guard. And, um, and uh, 
he said this crossing guards going in and when the kids are when the kids are you know going into school he's going to get somebody killed i mean somebody's going to grab the, some guns and just shoot these kids well the woman overheard him say that and she immediately called the police and Wait. he said no that's that's not what i so what was he saying he was saying that like be- somebody's going to come and shoot these kids because People are not the school, whatever the school safety guy is not doing his job. Right. So he's, I mean, it's not a great way of phrasing it, but he's just complaining about the security. Right. Guard, he's right. saying the security is bad. And this, this, right. this, uh, what do you call it? The, the security guy for the school is not doing his job. Mm-hmm. And when he doesn't do his job, somebody's going to come and shoot these kids. Well, the waitress heard that. She called police. Police came. He said, I didn't make a threat. I was stating a fact that I think this guy should be fired. He's dangerous. They went. Unbelievable. They uh, revoked his his gun license and took all of his guns. He asked for a receipt. He never got a receipt. He's a Korean war veteran. And a police officer, you said, for 60 years. And a years. police officer for 60, six zero years. Now, it, again, how is that legal? We have a Second Amendment right and a First Amendment right. Okay? He can say what he wants. He can, uh, he can own firearms. <clears throat> how is it legal without due process to take all of his weapons? They don't have to bring him to court and, and try to figure out whether he did something? Is it through the red flag law situation? How are they doing this legally? I don't know. And I'll say, I mean, if you're... I mean, it's it's Martha's Vineyard, so and, I don't think you have a lot of helper there. Right, like just nobody cares. There's nobody because cares. Because Martha's Vineyard's also the place that Barack Obama just bought this, like, $9 billion Correct. house. And it is it is very liberal. And, I mean... Yes, very, very progressive liberal. Progressive socialist. Very, rich. very rich. And mm-hmm. very, very uh, disconnected from the rest of the world. It's an yes. island, if you don't yes. know. And it is a super ritzy island. And I would think that these things are only going to get worse when you have a former president, you know, having a home there, right? Like they're going to be super restrictive on all of these things, but you'd think the police officers who worked with this dude for 60 years or a good chunk of that. Well, they, the police officer did say he didn't charge him with a felony. What felony felony for what this, this is what the old guy said. When I was in the United States army, it wasn't just me. It's anyone who's in the United States service. If you're on guard duty for eight hours, you don't leave that position. I'm just accustomed to that. So when I see somebody who is supposed to be protecting kids, leave the school and leave it unprotected. If you're on guard duty, you stay there. That's I mean, we we should talk to this guy. This is an unbelievable story. I'd love to get him on. If that's the, if that really, is there any disagreement about what he said? Is there anyone saying, no, he actually said, I'm going to go and do X, Y, and Z? No. The person that overheard no, he, it. Are um, they... He's never been accused of threatening school, never had firearms violation. The police have no violations with him whatsoever. Uh, he never carries a gun outside of the house. He would like his license and his guns back. The gun's uh, fate has sealed. My grandson, he said, is a manager of a gun shop in Worcester, Mass. He's going to be allowed to come down and take all the weapons from the police department and sell them for me. He, ha- he has 11 grandchildren, 11 great-grandchildren. I would never, ever, ever harm a child. He lost his wife two years ago mm. and values his crossing jar- uh, guard uh, work as a connection to the outside world. By the way, he was a crossing guard 
and he also they also fired him. Oh my god! For what? For what? For being we, critical. Can we get this guy on yeah, Monday. That's, that's amazing. I would love to talk to him. That mm-hmm. is, but that's what's coming. Somebody overhears you say something and they don't like it. There's no judge here. There's no charge here. Yeah. They just came in and took them. You should give him a call and see if he wants to go to Lady Gaga this weekend. Shut up. He probably, he probably would. Would he? He fought in Korea, so we have a right to go see people like Lady Gaga. You know, Charlie Kirk wrecked my weekend. He just he wrecked my weekend. That's terrible. Why? Yeah. Why well, because talking to him, I saw the logic in what he was saying about Judge, and I'm like, oh, crap. It probably will be Judge Because he <laughs> seems... It would be, oh, because I've said this over and over mm-hmm. again for two decades. It's a pendulum. You go from one extreme to the other. Remember? Buttoned up, Barack Obama never makes a mistake, never, never a... You know, he likes... What was it? Arugula? You're going to get a hamburger-eaten guy... Who just blurts it out. Mm-hmm. That's what I said and, when I was at CNN. And you got that one right. And we got it. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. We swing from pro-America George Bush to anti-America in eight years. Okay? I mean, you, you could go through this forever. Forever. I mean, you know, it, from, from Carter to Reagan. Right. Uh, from Reagan to Clinton is the same thing. This old guy, and, and then you get to the young, cool, hip guy, and then it's yep. back to someone who actually has the dignity of office with right. Bush, and then it's the person who doesn't like the war stuff with it's Obama. It's always this way. It goes back and forth and back It's and forth. always this way. And so. Buttigieg, like, you know, if Donald Trump can't beat Elizabeth Warren, he can't beat any of these candidates. I mean, Elizabeth Warren is specifically designed for Donald Trump to win against that she is the perfect I do agree. candidate. I do agree. I, I, he can. Anyone can win this election. I yeah, believe. yeah, yeah. Um, as, I'm not saying he will definitely win. It's not a home run, and I think no. Charlie's right. But she is. She is a grown in a lab, perfect candidate to run against Donald Trump. She is. A, be, she is Hillary Clinton. Uh, she is a school marm. Uh, she is uh, arrogant. Somehow more she's, disingenuous than yeah, Hillary, even. Yeah, she's she is uh, a socialist. I mean, her policies are just massively destructive. I mean, and she's it, much more radical than some of the other candidates. You know, like she he, is Biden Bernie is, without admitting yeah, it. Biden is no moderate, but he's also a regular liberal Democrat. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the difference. That's the scale they're looking at. Buttigieg, who you know, also could easily be defeated by Donald Trump in many ways, but he presents a much more difficult matchup because he's everything that Trump isn't, right? He's, he's the pendulum swing. Exactly. He's much, much younger. He's uh, obviously, uh, you know, he's very well-spoken and precise. He speaks mm-hmm. in intellectual terms, sort of like Obama did. He's generally um, quiet and kind. I like Chick-fil-A. Right. He's, you know, obviously, uh, you know, he's... He's got the intersectional uh, sort of variations that the left seems to like He's a, oh so much. I mean, can you imagine if you disagree with him, if he was president, oh, you will be anti-gay. You're a homophobe. That, like, that's what it would. That's just, all it would be for four or eight years. I just You're don't a think homophobe. a 55% marginal tax rate is acceptable. You hate gays! That's the entire that's, media for is. four freaking years. It's yeah. going to be agonizing. Right, but you'll have that somewhat with, uh, with Elizabeth Warren. You hate you women. You hate women. right. Who's the the whitest white guy? I guess that's Biden. Yeah, and then they'll have to. They will. Ha- they have very little to say on that front. But sh- he will run a vice president that hits intersectional lines, so they can blame that on us. 
So like, ah, you know, I actually uh, don't think the post office uh, should be, uh, uh, you know, funded at these levels. Why do you hate Tulsi Gabbard and, and her, her gender and her background? Well, Buddha Judge may be the kryptonite to Trump. How does Trump remain Trump and take him apart? Because, uh, because I firmly believe this is one of the reasons why impeachment is happening. All they're trying to do is get you to a point to where they can say, do you really want four more years of this kind of... Tire you out. Yeah, they just want to wear you out. And so you're just like, I just can't do another four years. I just want somebody normal. And Buddha Judge is that, that swing of the pendulum that people would look at and go, well, he's kind of like me, and, you know, he's different, and, and he's be the first gay president. Boy, that, that could be a tough matchup. You're listening to...